Blair W. Cohen, your host of the Pop Cult Review. I know it's been a while, but we're going to get right into it. So last year on Twitter, <laughs> I made commentary on Taylor Swift's last album and how it felt regressive to her songwriting because I have listened to Taylor for a very long time and it's undeniable that she was one of the better storytelling songwriters in the mainstream, even if you didn't care much about the songs themselves or her. Sonically, the music never disturbed the songwriting that she did. Off Twitter, (laughs) I made similar commentary about Drake's joint album with 21 Savage. Drake is also a great songwriter, but for this particular album, it felt very juvenile considering what we know he is capable of writing-wise. And even the more like housey album he'd released prior that year felt more evolved than what he did with 21 Savage. And don't get me wrong, between Drake and Taylor, both of their albums had good songs, songs that went viral and were catchy and that the masses seemed to really love. And I enjoyed some of those songs too, like, don't get it twisted. Still, when someone did question my stance on Taylor, I said, 10 toes down pretty strongly about this the music was disrupting her storytelling this time the aesthetic was throwing everything off and unfortunately the album ended up like it sounded like one long song with a couple of interludes which brings me to SZA and some may say I'm being hypocritical based on the material of SZA's work SOS in comparison to the former mentioned has she evolved further or is she still stuck writing songs that feel like CTRL from 2017. Here's my take on that. SZA does something similar to what Taylor is known for, which is using the music almost like a diary. There were delays in the release of SOS, which we saw play out over the span of a couple years, so it's fair to assume that some song material is simply old, and even if it's not, she has expressed the sentiments of the songs being old. Additionally to that, I want to dive into the idea of how we have certain albums like canopy certain moods and it's always been a thing. I don't know what was in the air in 2017, why we were all dealing with heartbreak and heartache and perhaps many of us have healed from that by now. So trying to fit a square peg into a circle by trying to overly relate with SZA's music like you did prior won't work as easily as it did then. Furthermore, we can look at SOS and see that she has grown as a songwriter over the years and while the material might be reminiscent of her past work there is actual change and evolution there if you are actually looking and listening so for me personally I will always respect the artist's right to experiment with sound and concepts me not vibing with something and having commentary on it as a music consumer changes very little of the artist's integrity and I think that's how music journalism itself should be Um, However, I still think it should be obvious it's an artist's interpretation of whatever they're doing. It's not a petty lick back or it doesn't sound like the producer that worked on the album only. When we hear Pharrell work with various artists, as I've mentioned in other episodes, we can hear not only Pharrell's signature, but the artist's work doesn't get lost in the mix. So when I'm looking at the two albums I mentioned prior... And I'm trying to hear these artists who are known for, at the very least, a signature sound they have or concepts that they utilize best. It falls flat if the music itself feels like punching down or less like the artist and more like the experimentation of the producer only. Because then at that point, it's the producer's album featuring the artist. Then it's not the artist's work. And we know that producers do this. Producers 
drop plenty of albums where it is nothing but songs they produced, songs they've written, and it has artists featured on it. And those are fine, but that's not what Taylor Swift did, right? So I'm just saying. With SOS, there is experimentation that sounds like SZA. Even with the issues she had with her label, even the artists that pulled out of the project, regardless of all those things, the artistic integrity of SZA is still very present on that album. So not being able to relate to SZA talking about her ex, you know, or screwing on a beach, whatever it may be, that's fine. But sonically, and even the way she's telling these stories is evolved from CTRL. Even if she's using similar elements and similar artists on the record. I hope that makes sense. Hopefully it does. Hopefully you get what I'm saying. And obviously the beauty of music and art is that you don't have to agree with me at all. You can listen to this album and hate it while loving the Taylor and Drake records. We all experience music differently and honestly that's the point. If you feel that you don't agree with what I'm saying and you think those albums are far more evolved for those artists, no one is stopping you from listening to them. I'm not stopping you from listening to them. In fact, I'm not even telling you not to listen to them. I'm telling you what I heard and what I listened to, and it is my job to give commentary on it, regardless of the artist's intentions. But, you know, who am I? They can mean one thing, and it can still do that. But the beauty of what I'm doing is I'm just saying what I heard and what I listened to, and the other beauty of this is <laughs> not to plug podcasts by Spotify, but hey, you can make your own, you can say the same things, cultivate your own audience, and you can do whatever you need to do to get your own point across. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> because once the music is out, it's for us to interpret and experience in our own way, despite whatever the artist's intentions were. The same way any episode of this podcast can be put out with certain intentions and however you hear it is how you hear it. I can explain what I meant a thousand times, but you heard what you heard. That is unless I didn't say it, right? Okay, so let's get into some of the standout tracks from SOS. It's a very, very long album and surprisingly, I didn't actually mind it. I've been spoiled lately, you know, with 10 to 13 track albums and was not necessarily interested in anything above those numbers, but I will give it to SZA that I fully immersed with every full album listen through of SOS. Still, I do pull at my favorites regularly and I know bonus tracks are coming out eventually. Can't say if I'll do a bonus episode for those tracks, but I might if uh, they feel like they need their own episode or their own little bonus segment. For starters, I just want to say I enjoyed the entire album. However, there are some songs I just stick close to, so let's get the obvious out the way. <laughs> Kill Bill is a fan favorite, just an overall favorite of mine too. Uh, it could be taken as very immature or too much, but I think the sentiment is what makes it good. It's eerie, the lyrics are very self-aware in that off-putting way. Obviously, it's referencing the film Kill Bill, and we've seen over the slow release of singles from this album that SZA has been kind of dipping her toes visually into some very mature themes. So it really fits just incredibly well with what she's been doing, and I'm not entirely sure it's a full storyline of her music videos, but at least, I guess, like, the thematic style of her music videos lately definitely fits with Kill Bill and the video for Kill Bill was really sick too. 
But at its core, the song is like one big intrusive thought, at least to me. Uh, I've never thought of hurting an ex in that way, but I've definitely thought, man, I hate this nigga. <laughs> so I get it. Uh, okay. And Low takes on a similar vein as well. It's another fan favorite, another favorite of mine. A lot more bounce and 808s than Kill Bill. So it's a vibe, but you can also throw, you know, throw something else to it. So where I really started to immerse like very fully into this record was around snooze to me this is such a quintessential sizzle love song with a hint of toxicity uh if i had to summarize the type of music sizzle is known for i would say it's this it has that lazy you know kind of drone to it very earthy r&b it has SZA's signature vocal style on it where she loses enunciation in places which has always worked for her even if it is kind of memeable <laughs> and the lyrics are very you know i don't know ride or die uh if i can't have you no one will etc type of you know that type of style which i know is controversial for a lot of the girls but it has that quality of how do i say like crawling inside your partner because you love them so much not everyone has experienced that feeling and that's okay but i do think it's something that a lot of fans of SZA overly relate to <laughs> self-included and the quotables you know long as you're dreaming about me ain't no problem one of my favorites uh furthermore you know i'm gonna check the credits i do want to say on this particular song there are a few writers besides SZA, but kenneth the babyface edmonds with a career spanning longer than 30 some years, writing and production credits, read like a itemized bill from the ER, like please give this man his flowers, even if you already gave them to him. Um, and then also, also Leon Thomas, who you may remember him as Andre from Victorious, but he has written on so much incredible music in the last decade alone. But like I said, him, and babyface please it's an automatic classic okay so listen controversial i also really like noticing it's a song about a situationship and i don't practice that <laughs> fine if you do uh but i like the vibe and bounce of the song there's not much to say about it though solana makes great music for the girls who realize later than they should that they're in a situationship that doesn't benefit them but again I don't judge you do you and you know it's a thing i realize it's a thing i've seen seen it happen plenty of times wouldn't let it happen to me but i've seen it happen <laughs> and of course when i say girls in this context it is gender neutral if you know you know um then with smoking on my x-pack i found it refreshing how great says it sounds rapping we do hear it a bit throughout the album in fact the opening and title track sos is her doing a bit of a melodic rap that is also fucking fantastic but smoking on my x-pack is her actual just flat out rapping um and i'm like when the hell are the rap girls going to let SZA not just on a hook but actually go toe to toe you know what i'm saying should we put her in a cypher <laughs> i'm kidding but I, I i do think she's really great though and i i know a lot of i know a lot of folks enjoy this track for the punchlines and like her cadence and you know self-included I think my favorite line is, uh, them hoe accusations weak, them bitch accusations true, you hating from nosebleeds, I wish you will. I don't know. 
it sits on my spirit just a little bit. I feel it. Um, <laughs> anyways, so there's a block of songs that just, I could listen to like all five back to back as if it's its own EP, which I like, I love, I love that there's just a whole subsection in the album. To me, it's where Sisa gets out of this comfort zone that we know of her for. And I hope she keeps experimenting with these sounds and this writing style. Um, it's actually incredible how versatile SZA is and how like you think you see the expanse of how far she's gone, but she actually could just keep going. So we get Ghost in the Machine with Phoebe Bridgers. And all I could think was when I first saw the track list was, okay, Tumblr sweethearts unite, you know, if you know, you know. I enjoy Phoebe's music, so I wasn't put off at all, but I know a lot of people were like, what is this? What is going on? What is this going to sound like? And personally, it's one of my favorites off the album. I always end up going back to it. The plucking of the guitars at the beginning makes it feel really eerie, and I'm a sucker for music that sets up the atmosphere first. You'd be surprised how much that doesn't happen as nearly as often as you think it would in music, but it doesn't. Like, it's actually really interesting how a song can be very atmospheric, but a lot of a lot of songs just are not. And it's fascinating because you would think most of them would be, but they're not. And we break into that string of consciousness storytelling that SZA is really fucking good at. We've heard it on many of her bigger songs. The one that got me with CTRL was Drew Barrymore. It's like hearing her thoughts out loud in the middle of an interaction and i've always really enjoyed that about her before i speak on phoebe though i want to point out the y'all lack humanity i need humanity lines so this album came out maybe a week after rm's indigo and you should listen to that hefty ass episode that i did but this is a theme i've been talking about for a few different artists on the show RM is the latest before SZA, but i spoke on it with mitski and maybe even touched on it with chloe bailey um, and I think I even kind of touched on it with Halsey too, when I kind of talked about how Halsey has kind of removed themselves from, um, certain aspects of, um, like, like speaking on humanity, but doing it in a, a, in a more cinematic way in the music. But I really think we're headed to a place where we're going to see a lot more artists speak on the desire to be seen as human more and kind of speaking out against those who make them feel any less than that, even if it's done passively like it is here or more directly, kind of like how RM did. Because SZA takes a different approach than simply reflecting on like nature and calmness, but she says everyone would be beautiful, scared of the unusual, scared of giving mutual respect. All that you have, you reflect on all the godlike you forgot how to love somebody and to me that's the more generalized way to approach the topic so if you are not familiar with phoebe bridgers i would say get acquainted she's been around for a hot minute uh she's worked with lots of your favorite artists and still stays in her indie bag but if you have listened to her then you know she does like a type of like a type of narrative style songwriting where it's not like SZA's stream of consciousness but rather phoebe is putting you in the room with the scenario at hand and narrating it for you um, I think that's the best way I can describe it. I think it's best to kind of listen to her and hear what I'm talking about. <laughs> Maybe I'm describing it terribly. So the whole song changes with her and matches her style a little more as she's singing. 
Anyways, where SZA kind of reflects more on the hardships from outsiders on the song, Phoebe reflects on, you know, those around her, her partner, her friends, and herself possibly having yes-men around her, but she needs her friends on her payroll because this, this is really hard to do alone, but it's something that keeps her sane. But even she tells her partner, I gave myself to you for free in comparison to the criticisms of the way she handles things. And that giving yourself to someone for free without anything in return is a major theme in this album, whether it's the fans, critics, friends, or even the people you're romantically or intimately involved with. When the hook comes back, it has changed again, and instead of that drowsy guitar strumming that stands out in the entirety of the song, we get 808s and some drums, and and at the end, we hear the conversation between SZA and a very notable yogi, uh, uh, <laughs> Apologies if I butcher this. Uh, Sahuguru. Um, so again, apologize if I pronounce it wrong. But he says, those who have forsaken their humanity, they like to patch their life with morality. And looking through a few bits about him, he does teach a very distinct difference between humanity and morality. Humanity is natural. Morality is born from selfishness. Something like that. And Scissor replies at the end that she thinks she's trying to patch her life with morality so in the end even after the reflection in the song we see she's speaking to herself as well not just the audience so i love the song a lot too then we move on to f to f which i believe in this context stands for face to face and i feel like maybe a lot of hardcore r&b SZA fans aren't into this part of the album but i actually thought it was the most refreshing and fun to hear from SZA <laughs> everyone knows for years i've been an advocate for black girls in alternative rock and country scenes and i especially love when artists who don't typically cross genres do just that and do it very well so f to f is very much still at its core like it has all the scissor isms of an rb of an r&b scissor song except this starts with a more country style strum of guitar and then builds into this anthem style punky rock chorus with electric guitars Hearing this and recently seeing that Doja Cat performance go viral again, I believe it's uh, from the 2020 MTV EMAs, her rock version of Say So, or her celebrity skin cover, which is also good. And I'm like, these two, you did a song together, do it, do this on a song together now. You've done the song before, you won the Grammy for it, do it again. I think it'd be really sick. I would love to hear more of this from SZA, but going even deeper into the genre, there's not really much to talk about beyond that aspect of the song besides that Lizzo also wrote on it, and I do love that so many of the mainstream black girls in the music industry move within their circles, whether that be for work or for leisure. And plus, I just think SZA and Lizzo are such a great pair. Uh, we see, we know that they're friends, we see them hang out, uh, so yeah, I just, I love that. In the same vein, Nobody Gets Me also follows this theme of folky and country from SZA, but as a ballad, it's a breakup song. It was produced by Benny Blanco, genius man, and genuinely has the storytelling nature that we love from SZA as well and that I mentioned earlier in the album. Throughout this album, each song comes with its own mood, and as I mentioned, not every song you hear is actually atmospheric, you know, in general, as far as, like, radio hits, too. Like, you don't really get that many atmospheric radio songs. Um, 
I think there's actually a great art to setting the mood in the song to immerse the listener to your feelings and not just letting the song run you. SZA and the producers and writers she worked with on this album have done a great job at that. Nobody Gets Me feels very melancholy. It feels like a breakup. It feels blue. Uh, SZA is singing on the song and is also being very candid. Um, a lot of the album is peeling back the top on a toxic relationship that SZA has been in. And here we have the breakup that feels not only sad, but a bit messy and a bit desperate on SZA's part. It's very honest, and that's why we enjoy SZA's music. Saying the messy and quiet parts out loud is what Scorpio placements do best, in my opinion, but particularly what she does best. The vibe completely changes, once again, with Conceited, though. We're post-breakup and focusing on the self. It's bouncy and a bit silly. It kind of has some silly lines in it, but that's the point. The whole song is about not caring how anyone feels anymore, uh, especially about you. Or rather, how SZA feels that she doesn't care how anyone feels about her anymore. Whether that's SZA saying she's got her body done and she doesn't need new friends, she's cool with herself and by herself, she's not guilty for making sure she's good. The post-chorus is my favorite part of the song. Uh, and I quote, I got everything that I need and I want more. I can't take my foot off their neck. It's an encore. I got everything and I'm living all for revenge. I've been burning bridges. I do it over again because I'm betting on me, 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 me. Like, I'm sorry. It's just, I relate. <laughs> it's been, it's, it's been the last couple of years. I relate. Uh, now let's brief over SZA's big three from this album, the singles. So I believe Good Days was the first single. Mind you, it was released on Christmas of 2020. <laughs> 2020. Uh, it was teased at the end of the Hit Different video in mid-2020, but it was incredibly viral between uh, that the teasing after the Hit Different video and then the actual release on that Christmas. And I believe it still peaks every so often depending on the mood of the collective it is such a vibe of a song. It may be one of SZA's biggest songs to date, if not her biggest. I could be wrong, but I'm just going to take a guess without even looking, uh, which I know, don't do that. D don't do that. I'm doing it, but it's just a guesstimate. It's alternative R&B. It's another atmospheric tune that, in my opinion, was the moment we really all should have been considering uh, SZA's place for the role she plays in modern R&B and pop music beyond CTRL. The song feels like a misty haze of looking at nostalgia face on. I think the song is just a masterpiece and has some of my favorite lyrics from this album. You know, uh, got me a war in my mind, gotta let go away, can't keep what's holding me, choose to watch while the world break and fall on me. All the while, I'll await my armored fate with a smile. Still want to try to believe in good days. Maybe I didn't give it justice because I didn't read it well, but you know what? It still, it slaps. Then came I Hate You, which wasn't even supposed to be a single. So it was posted on SZA's personal SoundCloud. She said it was meant to be an experiment and well, you know, TikTok and Twitter ran with it. It was another viral hit and she made it a single after she said her astrologer told her to. Kudos to you if you do know who her astrologer is. I think I do. Uh, anyways, I Hate You was just as a, you know, dumping her feelings onto a track and the masses seem to relate to it. It's a electro R&B track and has the most straightforward iconic line, if you wondered if I hate you, I do. Uh, 
<laughs> but also opens with the most relatable I'd be so sick of you niggas. I just I just want to say I'm just grateful that such a sentiment that is so simple in theory but so impactful in delivery exists. Thank you, SZA. I relate. I don't know how many times I can say I relate. I relate. I think I even said it somewhere in the beginning of this uh, review very early on. But yes. Okay. <laughs> and so the third single shirt was teased two years prior as well. It went viral, had a dance challenge, uh, and just kind of was one of those open-ended SZA audios floating around the internet that eventually came to be the single, came to be one of the singles from this project. To me, it's such an interesting time to be a fan of certain artists and acts. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's an even more of an interesting time to be one of those artists. I'm trying to think of a time where fans were given so much free reign of music without uh, artists intent before like i've seen this tried inorganically <laughs> and it looks kind of silly um and when i say inorganically i mean the label is pushing for an artist to say oh i don't know how this song ended up here on the internet what are we gonna do maybe if you listen to it then we'll release the album i hate to say one of my favorite artists did this but they did and it was very obvious that they did it and it didn't go the way that they wanted it to. So instead, what happened with SZA was there was this grand buildup of over two years, so much anticipation for this album that any song or snippet released was covered and made do with whatever it was. We took whatever we could find when it came to SZA and it just genuinely got big and did its own thing. Um, another great example of this is, you know, Beyonce releasing this highly anticipated album with no visuals to date, beyond a teaser, yet already having this sold out tour for said album. We have no dance numbers for it besides the ones the fans made up. We have no visuals for it besides the few snippets that we've seen and of course the rhinestone cowboy hat. So we really are just kind of working with what we got and making do with it, which again, I cannot think of a time in modern pop music where we've kind of had so much free reign of an artist's music without their actual intent being put forward first. But yeah, there are others, but these are the two I'm thinking of right now. Fans, you know, putting the pieces together before the artists even get a chance to, and it's fascinating to watch how creative everyone seems to get when kind of left to their own devices. And going against that type of, like, you know what I'm saying, that vibe for the fans, letting them do that, it seems kind of silly. So it's almost something very much between the artist and fan only, and that's how it should be, in my opinion, in the first place. I think what we're seeing now is exactly what, when we talk about humanity and, and artists and stuff like that, when we talk about those things and we, and we talk about fans respecting artists, but also being involved in the process, but not overstepping boundaries and artists, you know, giving something that is very genuine and kind of letting the fans just have it because they want the fans to have it, not because they want it to go viral or not because they want it to blow up or not for any reason besides the fact that they just want to give the fans the music. And we see what can happen. We see the potential, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's a really cool thing. And I think it also just helps bridge that weird gap of fan and 
artists and we kind of also take the stan aspect out of it if you know what i mean and i just i genuinely think that's how it should be i think artists and fans should be able to be level with each other when it comes to giving art and receiving art and receiving feedback receiving you know uh or, or giving feedback and receiving feedback and moving forward you know what i'm saying i just think that's how it should be but that's just me but shirt <laughs> back to shirt back to her um rodney jenkins as a songwriter dark child as a producer it's no wonder the song is perfect it sounds exactly how you want a good r&b song to sound spin magazine described it as a slow burn electro r&b track and i actually think that's the best description for it it's the sub bass and that very specific type of 808 that drives this track home but then it has that funky hi-hat in there that i'm not even gonna try to do it you know exactly what i'm talking about it's so good more toxic love music but like again who is upset at this but these are the ones I really wanted to recognize. They're my favorites, and I'm excited to hear the bonus tracks uh, soon as well. Overall, I think SZA is really cementing her place in music, uh, in modern music, uh, for the long haul, if it wasn't already obvious. I think it's also a great lesson that anticipation for an album and letting an album ride on its own merit without trying to hurry and rush through three more projects with no real intent is a really good thing. So you know, that perhaps we're getting back to not rushing through putting out these albums and receiving them because the suit, like when albums are rushed and put out so quickly, then the consumer, the audience, the listener is also rushing and listening to them. And I think that can be dangerous. I love the teasing of songs. Even if the wait is long, it's still nice. And it feels like we're a part of the process. Like I mentioned, this is a really solid album. One of my favorites from last year, she and RM released both of their albums literally at the tail end of December, literally a week apart. Um, I honestly expect to see both of them in the 2024 Grammy nominations if they push for consideration. I hope they do. I believe this can easily be put on the high shelf with CTRL and I'm excited for whatever SZA does next music wise. I hope she keeps experimenting a bit more with uh, with rock and folk and country and anything else um, while still keeping the integrity that is SZA, you know? And I'd hate to be one of the artists that actually pulled out of this project because it was so big. Uh, sucks to suck, I guess. So kudos to SZA and that is this episode. As always, if no one has told you today, I care about you and I love you and you should hear that as much as you need to. Uh, stay healthy, get some sun, go outside literally go outside get some sun listen to this episode in the sun listen to the next episode in the sun i will be back very soon i promise i will not extend this <laughs> any longer uh or between episodes any longer because i had some things going on personally so i couldn't help it but until next time and when i say next time i mean very soon bye bye